0: Right. today we're going to look at another secretly incredible person in God's Word. And this is someone that was behind the scenes, not looking for credit. She didn't seek a title or a position. She's not a well-known person. She doesn't get talked about a lot, but she was special. If we turn over in your Bibles in Acts chapter 9... And you should be able to find one if you didn't bring one with you or you're not using your phone. You can find one in your pew. It's a black book. One day I'll, I'll look up the page numbers and be able to tell you what page number it's on, just in case you're not familiar. But Acts chapter 9, verse 36 says, Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days, she became ill and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lida was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, please come to us without delay. Now, women are very important to the kingdom of God. They were integral to the early church. And in this passage, we see a woman who was a disciple of Christ, whose name was Tabitha, but people called her Dorcas. If I was her, I would insist that they called me Tabitha, right? (laughs) But she was important to this church in Joppa. She was a special lady. We don't know if she was a widow herself, but it looks as though she had, at the very least, a ministry to the widows there in Joppa. And the description the Bible gives of Tabitha is amazing. It says she was full of good works and acts of charity. Isn't that amazing? She was full of good works and acts of charity. Now, the Bible talks of some other people that were full of some stuff. There were some people that were full of bitterness and full of deceit, full of trouble, full of darkness, full of pride, full of violence full of injustice, full of depravity, full of wrath, and full of sadness. In a world full of all kinds of stuff, Tabitha was full of good works and acts of love. See, Dorcas may have had an ugly name, but she had a beautiful reputation. And what people said about her was amazing. Well, sadly, Tabitha got sick and she died. And the custom in that day was to uh, wash the body, then wrap it, and then anoint it with burial spices. Now, the text only tells us that she uh, had her body washed, which is interesting, because maybe that means these people that clearly loved Tabitha were still holding out hope that somehow something could happen. But they had heard Peter, one of the twelve disciples, was nearby. Now, obviously, this Peter was not the same Peter... You know, that was, it is, but it's, you know what I'm saying. This isn't the, he's not the same person as he used to be. That's what I'm trying to say. He's not the one that's cutting off ears and denying Christ. No, this here is Peter that is preaching and people are getting saved, 3,000 uh, people at Pentecost. And now he was preaching and healing with great boldness. And when Tabitha heard, uh, or not her, when Tabitha's friends heard that Peter was nearby, They ran to catch him and begged him to come. Isn't that crazy? This church has amazing faith here. Even in the face of death, they still didn't give up hope. Verse 39 says, So Peter rose and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him weeping, showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. So Peter shows up. He goes to the room where Tabitha was laid. And the room's packed, and they're weeping, and they're so sad that their friend is gone. And they showed Peter all types of garments that she had made and given them. And they're holding these things up, right? They're like, hey, Tabitha made this for me. And I love it, and it means so much to me. How many of you have uh, maybe a blanket that someone made for you that was very important? I know Tori has gotten some from ladies in her dad's church that made them. And whenever you have that and you use it, you think about that person. It's just so special to you. Where they're going around and they're holding these things up and saying, she made this for us. She cared about us. Now, she was most likely a more affluent person who decided to not just give her money to the poor, but also give her time and her talents. Now, she may have uh, owned a fabric business, we don't know, but what she did was she invested in their lives. I imagine she figured out the sizes of clothes they needed and the colors that they liked, a blanket for a baby, a shawl for a cold night. Tabitha was full of good works and acts of love. She shared her life and invested in people. She was truly a Proverbs 31 woman. Proverbs 31 19 says, she puts her hands to the distaff, which is a tool to make cloth, and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hands to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. We see here Tabitha used her needle as a tool and her home as a workshop to bless people that needed to know that someone cared about them. And these needy people could most likely never offer anything back in return. But she leveraged her talents to help people in Jesus' name. Verse 40 goes on. It says, but Peter put them all outside and he knelt down and he prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and, she, and raised her up. Then calling the saints and the widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa. And many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. See, even Peter, the great disciple Peter, knew where his help came from. He looked at this situation where a woman had died and he knew that he couldn't do anything about it. So he got down on his knees and he prayed. We don't know if this was a long prayer or a short prayer, but by the time he was done, he knew just what to do. He said, Tabitha, get up. Can you imagine the boldness it would take to speak to a dead body and say, hey, arise, get up. Well, she opened her eyes and she sat up alive. Now, this wasn't a zombie situation, right, where she's like, ugh. No, she was herself. She was back to who she was before she died. And she got up, and uh, Peter brought her to all the saints and believers and widows. And he showed them what God had done. Now, other than Jesus, only two people had taken part in resurrecting someone in the New Testament. And that's Peter here with Tabitha and Paul with Eutychus who fell out the window. That's an awesome story. We'll get to that one day. But why did God choose? Have you ever thought about this? Why did God choose to show his power in this way? Why did he bring back Tabitha? Bringing her back from the dead was not for her sake, right? Peter knew she was in paradise with Jesus and that her life uh, after death was preferable to her life on earth. So why did God bring her back? Well, God's motive, at least in part for raising Dorcas to life, may have been for the sake of the widows that she had helped and others in Joppa that needed the help that she could provide. We also know that the resurrection of Tabitha was a major reason so many people came to uh, Christ in Joppa. This miracle performed in the name of the Lord led many to accept Jesus. It says that it became known throughout all Joppa and many believed in the Lord. A little side note here at the end of that verse that we just read, it said that Peter stayed in Joppa for a while. And I'm sure he was preaching and worshiping and discipling people along with this church. But it also says something interesting. It says that Peter stayed with Simon the tanner. Well, this is a significant thing because a tanner was someone that used the skin of dead animals to make leather. And this was a process of skinning a carcass and soaking it in urine. Real, real, you know, I always wanted to be a tanner when I was a kid. That's what I wanted to be. But to be a tanner was to not be esteemed by your city. They were dirty, they were smelly, and ceremonially unclean. And this is just another example of the early church reaching out to uh, who the culture deems as less desirable tax collectors, prostitutes, lepers. There's no one outside the love. Of God. And Simon would later go on and play an important role in this church. Isn't God amazing? We see eight verses here about Tabitha and Peter and the city of Joppa. And then it just moves on to the next amazing thing. We never hear about Tabitha again. And if I were to guess, I would imagine that she kept living her life full of good works and acts of love, using her time and her talents and her treasures help the people around her and show them the love of Christ. See, she leveraged what she was good at to further the gospel and a whole city felt what God was able to do through her. And you may be in the room today and you might say, well, I'm not a great public speaker. I'm not ever going to get up and preach a message. Well, I'm not, you know, I don't have this ability. I can't sing or I can't play an instrument. This lady used her ability to be able to sow, to change a whole city for Christ. God has given you things that you can use. Maybe it's just time. Maybe it's just attention. Maybe it's doing things that other people don't like to do, but it really doesn't bother you that much. Tabitha used her ability and her time to change a whole city because of the power of Jesus Christ. So how about you? How would people sum up your life? Well, he was so competitive. Oh, she's a riot. He's he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Because of her love for Jesus, Tabitha was able to stand out from just the normal, pleasant descriptions that everyone gives. No, she was full of good works and acts of love. Wouldn't that be an amazing thing for someone to put on your tombstone about you? This is what I know about this person. They were full of good work. I could give you a list after list after list of things that they had done selflessly for other people. And you knew that it was motivated from their love of Christ. She used her abilities to help people. How do you view your job? How do you view what you've been given? Is it just to make ends meet? Is it just to pay the rent? If that's all you see your job as, then you're missing out on the Great Commission. Your job is an opportunity to see people come to Jesus and to show people who Jesus is. One third of your life is spent working. How you talk about people, how patient you are with people, how positive you are when everyone else is complaining. How much you care about excellence. How hard you work even when you know no one is looking. How willing you are to listen to other people's ideas. How focused you are at being first in line. How quick you are to anger. How you approach all these things is an opportunity for us to worship God through our work. And students, all these things are opportunity and evidence that you can give that you love Christ and show that at your school. And if one third of your life doesn't have Jesus in it, that's a big part of you that you're holding back. Now, you might not be able to preach a message at work, but you can sincerely care about people around you. You can offer to pray with them. You can offer to come alongside them when they're struggling. You can reach out to them when they're hurting. You can really listen and take interest in people. And invest in their lives and invite them to Christ. How would your co-workers describe you? Full of good works and acts of love? How about your neighbors? How about your family members? See, a genuine disciple of Christ ought to have one goal with their life. To please God and push forward the Great Commission. And this out of this goal should motivate everything we do, our marriage, our family, our work, our friends. It's all about priorities and where you spend your time. So is entertainment the thing that you always find yourself thinking about? The next vacation, you just can't wait to get there. New purchases, I can't wait to be able to buy this new car. Uh, nights out. Is that what is constantly what motivates you? You're just working for the weekend. Well, you have an opportunity to do something where God has placed you and make a difference. Is advancement at work what you're focused on? You're just trying to get ahead and make yourself look better than everybody else. Is notoriety what you seek? Are you working for those likes and for that uh, ability to be recognized? Or maybe it's the security and comfort of wealth that you're focused on. And no matter how many raises you get, it still feels like it's never enough and you've got to get more. Don't waste your life on these things. You were bought with a price and you were meant for so much more. Tabitha was a disciple of Christ who used her time to help others because she loved Jesus so much. And Jesus loves people. She was secretly incredible. 1 John 3.16 says, by this we know love. Well, how do you know what love looks like? This is how you know. That he laid down his life for us and that we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. So, How can we do this? How can we start this process? Project? How can we make a change this week? How can we focus on the needs of others today that, so that we might lay down our lives for others, just like Jesus laid down his life for us? Tabitha was full of good works and acts of love because she learned that from Jesus. Imagine the difference that we all could make if we would decide that we would fill our calendar up with eternal things instead of temporary things like comfort and entertainment and material things? What if we filled them with eternal things like good works and acts of love for others? Not searching for the credit, not looking for anything in return, but just giving of ourselves. We could do an amazing thing in this town if we would do that. So let's go do it. Let's make a difference. Let's give of ourselves. Too many of us, and I can be this way, 100%. We put up barriers around ourselves because someone burned us in the past or because we put ourselves out there and someone used us. We got stabbed in the back, and now we're defensive. But Christ didn't live that way. And he kept putting himself out there. But we have these excuses, well, they never said thank you or I don't even know if I made a difference. You leave all that up to God. And you put yourself out there over and over and over again. And you do things for other people, even if they don't give you anything in return. Why? Because Jesus laid down his life for us. and We must lay down our life for others. So let's go and let's make that change this week. Let's take a step forward in that direction. And maybe we won't be able to fill our life this week with good works and acts of love. But what if we did one more thing? That we wouldn't have done. What if we did uh, one, uh, helped one more person? Andy Stanley says this, and when you think about all the things that need to be done in the world, you realize I can't do everything. And yet you can't help everybody. You can't adopt every kid in the world. You can't help every person that's poor. But he says this, he says, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Go out there and find one person this week that you can put yourself out there and act like Tabitha. Why? Because she acted like Jesus. Every head's bowed and every eye's closed. The band comes. This is a convicting thing for me. I can be a person that puts boundaries on my time. I can think about You know, it's cold outside, I don't want to go out and do this thing, even though I know it would help this person. Oh man, I don't want to take this call. This person's going to talk my ear off. But what if we lived a little bit differently? What if we lived motivated for other people? Not not to please, or, or to get God to be happy with us, Or to to work our way somehow into a a higher level of Christianity. No, simply because Jesus loved us and Jesus loves people. So I'm going to love the people around me. It would be such an amazing thing to have that said of me. Phil was full of good works and acts of love. How do we get there? What steps do we need to start saying yes to that we've been saying no to? And we, we all understand you, you, all, you only have a capacity to do so much. So that means you might not do some other things to do the best things. every head's bowed and eyes closed, let's take some time and ask God where He would have us change. Because you can trust Him. He's never going to put too much uh, on you. If he tells you to do something, you can lean on him, and you'll be able to accomplish that. Let's ask God that today.